Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Inside the lunch table, back coming to you live from San Marcos, Texas, as I clock back into this college semester, get ready to get these A's going. How are we doing, Mike? You doing all right, big bro? Yes, sir, bro. The NFL delivered again two phenomenal games yesterday, man. Feeling good this morning. Yes, sir. It was a good weekend. And unfortunately, my man Kath is camping out outside of that UT game. Y'all know what action he's about. Uh, he will be chasing those Red Raiders all the way to the door this morning. So uh, shout out to him. Give his prayers. Chilling out in the cold. Shout out, Kath. Appreciate you, buddy. See you on Wednesday. Anyway, let's get down to some content here and let's get rolling into the conversation. Me and Mikey, we're going to get started for you guys in the NFL. Talk about these championship games. Talk about Super Bowl preview, maybe some winners, some losers. And then we're going to move on into the NBA. Uh, give you guys an update on Mike's Lakers as uh, it gets prettier and prettier, and then give an update on my Mavs as it gets rougher and rougher. And with all that being said, Mike, let's dive on in. How about it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, we're going to start with the Cincinnati game. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with the Cincinnati game. And um, first thing I want to talk about, let's talk about the Bengals. So the Bengals did find a way to beat Cincinnati. Both me and Mike did pick the Chiefs on this game. Didn't, didn't see this one coming out, but we both told right. you. We both said this. We said the only way Cincinnati can win the game is a mix of defense and Joe Burrow. Mike, tell me what we saw in this game. Man, their offensive line put in a shift. Um, they were terrible last week, and they got right. it cleaned up. They got it cleaned up uh, this week. If we're just being honest, man, and it was just a phenomenal game played by the uh, played by the Bengals. Man, they came out. I mean, they ran the ball fairly well. Um, they threw the ball fairly well. It was a lot of close game situations, and they just they were able to capitalize on the opportunity. Um, Absolutely, it, it's very interesting to me, um, in the grand scheme of things, how you know last week the Chiefs won in overtime. You know they got the ball first, and this week they got the ball first. But shout out to Jesse Bates. We've been saying <laughs> his name on this show, and he came up and made a freaking play on Tyreek Hill down the football field. Shout out to Jesse Bates. Von Bell caught the pick, but the pick was courtesy of Jesse Bates. Right. Exactly, man. This is it, it was it was just a good game, man. All around, I'm just it's, it's really hard to find any negatives. Um, definitely have a few negatives for the Chiefs, but it was you know it was a good performance for the Bengals. They um they shocked me. I mean, I thought the Chiefs were gonna come out here, sack Joe Burrow five, six, seven times, and and win this football game. But I was completely wrong. So shout out to the um shout out to the Bengals, man. So um, I, I agree with most of the things he said. Uh, I'm gonna pick our conversation up on the winner, and then on navigate us towards the loser. We'll talk about the Chiefs too. This uh. What Mike said about Cincinnati is absolutely correct. This offensive line had issues, but not enough issues to cost them the game. And the biggest one for me was Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was absolutely phenomenal again. Uh, the thing you have to understand about Joe Burrow is he gets no time back there. So his ability to move in the pocket manipulates his offensive line so well. It makes it look like he has more time than he does. Joe Mixon was huge in this game. He was right. huge. Um, 4.2 a carry with this offensive line is very impressive. Uh, it was good to see there were gaps every now and then. Um I, the only thing I hate about the Bengals uh, is the fact that Eli Apple is on this roster. But besides that, I've really Absolute, got no problem. Absolutely agree 100%. <laughs> um, Jesse Bates came up with the big play in overtime, and they got their stop. Um, now, real quick, let's talk Chiefs. Uh, I got two problems with the Chiefs. Problem number one, um, Chris Jones. Uh, Mike, how many times did I say that name last week? Um, like 100 times. <laughs> uh, Chris Jones had two tackles. Um, the he highlight close, of Chris Jones he was close on a few, man. He just couldn't get to him, man. I was like, dang. The highlight of Chris Jones's game is on third and seven. The Bengals are are, are stuck. Uh, the the corner hold coverage is good. Joe Burrow's coming out the pocket, and he turns around and he sees Chris Jones. He looks Chris Jones in the eyes, and then proceeds to jump and land Chris Jones face first into the turf. <laughs> <laughs> On third and seven, as Joe Burrow proceeds to scramble for eight yards and pick up the first down, move the change. And that was th that, that summed up the Chiefs' second half for me, was Chris Jones diving face first into the turf because that's who the Chiefs were in the second half. Um, uh, Joe Burrow got cool as the other side of the pillow, and Patrick Mahomes got tight in the second half, Mike. Thanks, 100%. He, um, after scoring three straight touchdowns in the first half and then uh, having the one drive in by half, I don't know what was going on by the goal line. But, uh, I mean, it, Patrick says that the play wasn't there, so he threw the check down to Tyreek Hill. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a tough way to lose. At the end of the day, that lost you the game uh, at the he, end of overtime. Let Eli, Eli Apple make a clutch tackle, bro. Like, right, on. right. Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, at the end of regulation, um, score the ball. I, I know you're game managing and I get all that, but, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, this is, comes back to the same thing we said about the Bills. We said there was no remorse for the Bills because they picked this path. Yeah. Kansas City, you kicked a field goal. You chose overtime. You could have scored a touchdown and made Joe Burrow go all the way down the field with, what, like a minute left, 40 seconds, right. whatever it was. 
and instead you chose not to do so. Patrick Mahomes chose to run around in the backfield for a couple times, take two big sacks, and kick a field goal. So uh, I think they have no remorse. Um, you won the coin toss. I mean, like, I, we preached that last week about people moaning and complaining about the coin toss. At the end of the day, you won it, had a chance to win this game, and could not do so. Um, it's just disappointing for Kansas City. Um, this Cincinnati team's still in a rebuild, Mike. Uh, this yeah. offense is this, this offense has pieces, but this offensive line is terrible. Um, there's no way around that. Uh, there are guys like Eli Apple who get snaps on defense because they're still missing a couple pieces on that side. This team was not ready to be this team yet. They are 110% ahead of schedule, and that's courtesy of guys like Joe Burrow and, and Joe Mixon and Jesse Bates, these, these alpha males in this locker room who continue to get them out, up and out and ready to play. Yep. And Zach Taylor. We got to give some love to Zach Taylor. Um, the... The fact that this is twice now where Kansas City was mopping them at going into halftime and they were able to adjust both times. Mike, uh, tell me, how many times can you think of Kansas City running the ball in the second half? Um, Not that many. Why the hell would you abandon the run? <laughs> they And you know, and go, you know go, how much go, that bothers go, me. Go look at the rushing numbers, dude. They don't have a single rusher who averaged under five yards a carry. And five yards a carry, six yards a carry, six yards a carry, nine yards a carry. Uh, Jer- Jerick McKinney was 12 for 65. Edward Zilaire was six for 36. Why did you stop running the ball? Like at no point were you trailing in this game to where you needed to throw the ball like that. You were up 21 to three at one point. Are we going to put some fault on Andy Reid for that? I, I, I kind of want to, but I don't want to because I really like Andy Reid. He's one of my right. personal favorites, but in yeah. order to keep my bias out of this, I have to put some heat on this sideline because, um, uh, very, uh, Eric Vietnamese, the offensive coordinator is a guy who's up for head coaching jobs, man. What the hell's going on? I get Patrick right. is Patrick, but uh, you, I mean, Mike, I read you those numbers, bro. If, if, if an eight-year-old is playing Madden and he's picking up six yards of carry, I promise you that eight-year-old is going to keep running the ball on Madden. Yep. 100%. And like, I, I just, like, I get Patrick Mahomes is who Patrick Mahomes is, but six yards of carry? Like, Mike, tell me six yards on first down don't sound pretty damn attractive to you. It sounds great. I mean, I run the ball every time on first That's down. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I, I have a hard time. And because, like, usually – when you abandon the run, it means pace dictates you abandon the run, right? So right. if you're getting blown out, you abandon the run. Like, I, I understand that. You have to time manage. You have to ch- eat, do chunk plays. But tell me why the Bengals were down 21 to three in this game, but yet Joe Mixon had 21 rushing attempts. Yeah, that's weird. Like, and like, I, like, I mean, I just, I can't figure out why they abandoned the run. And because there's no way you can say they didn't because it worked. I mean, the, Six yards of carry. There's no argument you can make to me that say that the rushing game was dead. I don't think I think that's where the Bengals were looking to be exposed was running the football because Trey Hendrickson was great against the pass. They were they were doing some disruptive things against Kansas City and they were able to outsack the Kansas City Chiefs, which right. is big. I mean, if you would have told me that if the Kansas City would have got outsacked four to one in this game, I would have been shocked because we know how the Bengals offensive line is. So I think um, it's just disappo- disappointing from Kansas City, man. It's disappointing. Um you can't win the Super Bowl every year is what they say in the NFL, but um, I, I don't know what the excuse is for Kansas City. This one is on them. I don't think uh, – let's not let the narrative change to think that uh, what Joe Burrow did wasn't anything less than a, like a miracle because nobody picked the Bengals in this game, man. Nobody. You watched – it don't matter what TV show you picked through, during the week. They were all talking about what Cincinnati had to do to win because they had to play so well. And they came out and absolutely delivered that. So, shout out to the Bengals. Um, great win. Now have beaten the one and the two seed on the road. Uh, Joe Burrow is that guy. Um, Mike, let's talk about a guy who isn't that guy in Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, <laughs> the Rams found a way oh, to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. Mike, tell me what you saw from the Rams in this game, and then I'll go ballistic. Um, I saw, I mean, I saw a good defense. Um, man, that combination of um of Von Miller and Aaron Donald really shined in this game, man. Mm, I mean, yes, sir. Jimmy Garoppolo, all kinds of problems. And that was just a disappointing last drive by Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Oh 100%. That was just disappointing. I feel bad for Debo Samuel. Um he, But were he, you surprised? Just, Tell me, were you surprised when he threw that shit? No, I wasn't because one exactly. of my friends, um, he, he told me, he said he's going to come out here and throw a pick, and you can best believe he did just that. He came, went out there and threw an interception, a terrible one at that. It was just, oh, man, that was just a terrible way to end the season. I, I feel I feel bad for 49ers faithfuls right now, man. I know they're hurting right now. All I got to say from this game is everybody, the 49ers, put, like the script was perfect, man. The game plan was 
excellent. You got into the fourth quarter and it was 17 to seven. This game was over. This game was over. I was, I was ready to knock, knock the nail in the Rams, bury the coffin because I thought this game was over and the Rams absolutely came to life in the fourth quarter. And um, right. Cooper, Cooper cup was magnificent in this game, man. He was absolutely magnificent. Um, 11 grabs a buck 42 and two TDs. He was right. everything in this game, man. It was insane. And it's just like, he keeps doing it week after week. At some point you got to take a week off, after. but not Cooper cup. Hey, shout out to Odell Beckham too, man. Nine catches, one thirteen. He didn't get in the yeah. end zone, but man, it, uh, shout out to him, man. Biggest game of his career thus far. Uh, let's be honest, and he performed pretty well. And he turned in a shift, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering his name. Um, but there's a guy in the 49ers. He's the only person I blame for this loss more than Jimmy G. And um, it was the the safety who had the free pick thrown into his hands that he proceeded to drop. I know, um, I know, Mr. Jaquinsky Tart. Oh my God, bro! What are you doing? Um, if he catches that ball, that's the nail. Um, X. Uh, I, I blah, man, it just drives me mental. Uh, because uh, Jimmy G needs a lot of help to win football games, and that was the help right there. That would have been the second pick for Matthew Stafford, and like I said, that would have been the nail. Um, but uh, it wasn't, and you got to keep playing. And the Rams were able to do so. Um, on the last drive. Um, y'all know I was rooting hard for the Rams or the for the 49ers in this game. I love my boy Kyle Shanahan, and they got the ball back at the end of this game. And I was in the car, I'm driving, I'm listening to the radio, and I sat there and I have a moment, I have a moment of stupidity, and I say, Jimmy G is about to deliver this moment. Jimmy G <laughs> is about to put his stamp down as that guy. And then three plays later, Jimmy G ended his season, and I was just like, what was I? What was I thinking? What was I like? I knew I, I knew this was going to be the outcome. What was I thinking? And I, I mean. Um, if you're San Francisco moving forward, ugh, Jimmy G is the fact that they were you are able to overcome the two playoff wins still blows my mind. Like the fact that this team beat Green Bay still blows my mind. Um, hell, the fact that this team beat my Cowboys blows my freaking mind. It's like <laughs> Jimmy G is just not that guy. And if you're San Fran, you need to address that ASAP. I think we did see the last game of Jimmy G's career in San Francisco. How about you, Mike? You think he comes back? Um my only problem with that is, man. So, what is? It, I mean, is they are they going to go with Trey Lance moving forward? Yeah, I think I'll. I think I'll Shanahan just flat out done with Jimmy G. I, I mean, you see the reaction on the sideline, man. It's very. It's similar to Sean McVay with Jared Goff. Like you remember how like you could just see the deterioration between Jared Goff and Sean McVay as the relationship got worse and worse. Right. I think. I think that's the point Kyle Shanahan's at, and I think Kyle Shanahan sees this game and he sees Sean McVay who went out and got his quarterback. And yeah. I mean, I, I, he sees that. And if I'm Sean McVay, ego or uh, Kyle Shanahan, if I'm ego or if I'm him, ego kicks in a little bit. And I'm starting to think that the only reason why they beat us is because they went out and got their quarterback and we did it. And now at the end of the day, that's not true because uh, let's go look at the box score real quick. And the 49ers had a grand total of what, 50 rushing yards. Right. Like, I mean, th we cannot blame this one. When Elijah Mitchell carries the ball for 1.8 yards a carry, I don't think Jimmy G is the only <laughs> issue. And, like, he didn't have two carries. He carried the ball 11 times for 20 yards. Like, that is that is terrible, man. That's like blasphemy, that. if we're being honest. Yeah, that that is terrible. So, um, it's just disappointing, man. Um, I told you the running game was going to be big, and I, I don't want to blame this game on Jimmy G because the fact that they couldn't run the football and he had them up 17-7. to I mean, think about that, Mike. The run game was dead, and they were up 17-7 to in this football game. Like, I, I'm mad at Jimmy G for losing the game at the end. I'm mad at your boy, um, Pop-Tart, for dropping the interception. But <laughs> I just – the run game disappointed me in this one. Um, Jimmy yeah, G man, disappointed I, me. He was 16 for 30. I, I mean, mean the, the pick was killer. The pick was yeah. killer. He, you put the nail in the game and um, just tough, man. It's just tough. I don't – Tough loss all the way around, dude. I don't really know, like, what else to say for San Francisco because, like, so many of their guys showed up. I mean, Kittle had the touchdown, Debo four for 72 and a tutty. Um, Fred Warner had 10 tackles. Nick Bosa, a sack and a half. Um, Jimmy Ward came up with a big pick. Like, I just we're, – we're a Pop-Tart pick away and a Jimmy G – or no, hell no, a Pop-Tart picks the ball off. You run the clock. Well, I mean, you can't run the ball, but you Jimmy G manages the game maybe. I don't know, but, like – maybe. It better, it's just it, tough, it, it, man. It's just better than tough. what happened it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it hurts, man. I really I, – I thought they were going to be surprised running to the Super Bowl and I was ready to two Kyle Shanahan's horn, and it's tough that they weren't able to do so. But I promise you this San Francisco team is not done yet. 
uh, we'll see this exact same quarterback next season with hopefully a different quarterback. And, um, you know, they're going to hit the draft hard and they're going to draft somebody nice because they're confident with their picks. And um, I would not put my head down if I'm a 49er fan. Um, It's hard to uh, get caught up in the moment. You get high on the on the feeling of winning and it's hard to come down. And that's what it, it, it blinds you from realism. It takes right. me and Mike always stress. You got to be a realist, got to be a realist. And when you win, it takes that, that realistic feeling is stripped away from you. Cause all you know is winning. And those are the 49ers fans. And you got to remember it's hard to win with a quarterback like Jimmy G man. I mean, it really is like you, that, that is, that's something that if, if you come back with Jimmy G next season, do not lie to yourself about who Jimmy G is. We saw the true Jimmy G, these playoffs, the playoffs two seasons ago when they went to the Super Bowl. Like we know, we know who Jimmy G is. So don't don't take that realism out of your life. You need it. It is crucial to you. Mike, going to the Super Bowl, I don't want to pick the game quite yet because we do have two more uh, weeks before that game. Um, I have no interest in talking about the Pro Bowl. That is one of my least favorite events that's ever put on because it is so boring every single year. One hundred percent agree with that statement. Yeah, honestly, I can't even remember the last Pro Bowl I watched. I was probably like eight or nine. I mean, of course, as a kiddo, I love the Pro Bowl, but that's just because you're a kiddo and you're an idiot. But exactly. Just, <laughs> um, real quick, um, I uh, do you have any NFL news you want to talk about? Any any love for your Saints? Any around uh, the wire stuff? Any hires you'd like? Yeah, I was going to give us a winner. I mean, they said that they we're going to conduct an interview with Brian Flores this week, so that's a, I saw that's that a, too. That's a big win. Yeah, and um, with that happening, man, uh. You know, who's to say that we we might not if we get him in the door? Um, You know, this is a hypothetical situation, but who's saying that we're not going to go after Deshaun Watson? Because we know for a fact when he was in Miami, he was very yeah. Deshaun yeah, Watson. very true. Um, so. My I absolutely positively love the idea of Brian Flores in New Orleans. Um, Very similar to uh, the culture Sean Payton brings just minus the offensive playbook. He's not the guru right. that Sean nope. Payton was but he is 110% uh, the same locker room feel, same culture type of guy, uh, respects the players. He's a player's coach, um, defense first type of guy. Um, he's a Belichick dude. I mean, I, you know how I feel about Bill Belichick. And you know how I feel about the people on those trees. I think that'd be a great hire for your Saints. Um, still questions at quarterback. I agree with you on that. But uh, if right. we can get head coach right, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's realism. Realism kicks in. I'm not expecting a Super Bowl next year. So if we can bring in Brian Flores, get some pieces put into place, get Mike Thomas back on the field and happy, I really can't complain. I got a feeling you'd be the same as a Saints fan. Right. Honestly, honestly, we just have to. I don't know. I just wonder. I just wonder what Sean, what Sean Payton resigning does, you know, to the locker room. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was a big locker room guy, you know. Well, and it's crucial because if you bring in a scrub, these guys like Cam Jordan, who are these high IQ NFL vets, they'll know if you bring in a scrub as coach. Right. Like that's, that's my so thing. It, you got to get hiring right. You cannot fumble this process if you're the Saints front office. You need to get somebody like Brian Flores in there. Um, real quick, staying in your division, um, we did get some fake news over the weekend that um, upset me a little bit. Um, Adam Scheffler, Ian Rappaport, not doing their jobs <laughs> correctly, decided to uh, – Fake announced that Tom Brady was retiring. And um, uh, th- those of you who were realists knew this was not true because Tom Brady does not like ESPN and he would have no intention of telling this information to Adam Schefter, who multiple times Tom Brady has hinted at being a serial liar. Um, about two hours after this reporting, uh, Tom Brady Sr. did go on the radio and say that this was absolute garbage. Um, he said that Tommy has not made up his decision yet. So let's just pump the brakes on that one, everybody, real quick. Um, I got a feeling uh, Tom Brady was going to retire until y'all did this. Now he's going to come back and win the Super Bowl just to make you guys angry. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably wanted to do this himself. But anyway, the only reason why I brought that up is because Mike does play in that division. Right. And if Tom Brady does retire, being playing hypothetical here, uh, if Tom Brady does retire, it leaves your division wide open because Carolina is a dumpster fire and Atlanta's a poverty franchise. So, Thanks. I mean, like if seven wins, maybe eight wins. Like, let's be real here. Just running back this season. Like, I mean, like, I'm just saying, let's be real here. If Tom Brady retires, is Jameis Winston the best quarterback in the division? I mean, Matt Ryan's old as hell. He's not even under contract. He's not even under contract. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. I can't make that argument for Taysom Hill, so. Yeah, another thing is, man, it's just, what if a coach comes in, right, and he doesn't doesn't like Taysom Hill in the gadget role? He thinks we're overpaying him. He gets rid of Taysom. I mean, what if he doesn't believe in Jameis like like Sean uh, Payton did? It's it's a lot of different um, variables, man, that's playing a part in that that hiring a head coach, man. 
because definitely you don't know which uh, direction he's going to want to go in with this team, you know. Because think talk. about it, um, you are you've got some guys who are very custom for their role, aka Taysom Hill. Um, right. Alvin Kamara is a very right. unique back. Like he's a right. very unique back. You cannot take away his receiving role. And Sean Payne had a nice little uh, system working with AK. AK was incredibly dangerous in your offense. And like I said, if you come in and get like a if you go out and hire a power running coach, I got a feeling Alvin Kamara is not going to be too happy about that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's just a it's a headache. Let's be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. Feel me on this one. So I just have to really just play the waiting game until we get a coach in there, and then we can move on, move forward from there. Honestly, I and like like I said, um, I don't think he can stress enough to uh, how important coach is. Want to get that run right. Um, a little bit of love for my Cowboys. Dan Quinn is staying in town. That's pretty big news for my Cowboys. Um. Thanks. The, what he did for the defense is undeniable. Glad to see him staying in town. Um, the biggest reason why I liked him staying in town because it sounded like um, the job he was thinking about was the New York Giants, and we want him nowhere close to that dumpster fire of an organization. So, <laughs> um, One name, and it's really confusing me, man. It's really confusing me. Um, where the hell is Doug Peterson? Uh, where the hell is Doug Peterson? Because – how many times have you heard his name in these interview conversations? A lot. Well, no, no zero, actually. That's the old zero, coach, right? Yeah, that's the old Eagles coach who won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Like, not a not a scrub coach. Well, I think he had um, I think he had an interview with the Jaguars, but it went it they they said it went nowhere. I guess they weren't interested. I guess he bombed that interview. So well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because he's competent and they're not. Yeah, you were right. Um, uh, I just saw it on Twitter. Jaguars interview with Doug Peterson goes nowhere. Uh, Saints set to interview former Eagles coach Doug Peterson for opening job as well as the Seahawks. Yeah, I see that. I see that. So, right yeah. Now. OK. Um, it sounds like Doug P Peterson's on the list with Brian Flores. I actually don't mind Doug Peterson to the Saints. How about you, Mike? Me neither. Um, knows how to win playoff games, uh, Super Bowl win under his belt. Um, hey, and that's big. I think too. That would be a strong hire as well. Yeah, I 110% like the idea of you hiring Doug Peterson. Um, I want him nowhere close to the NFC or my division out east because uh, he can coach. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I definitely like him going to the Saints. Um, real quick, uh, one more um, head coach I want to talk about before we move off. Um, Pete Carroll, Mike, he's still employed. And <sighs> remember what I told you? Yeah. Remember, remember. Uh, I'm not moving off this take yet, guys. I truly believe that if uh, we do not see Pete Carroll move, moved off of within the next couple of weeks here, we will see Russell Wilson trade request submitted. And I, I think it's only a matter of time. And I don't think they're going to fire him, Mike. I don't. Uh, I don't think so either. It's been no it's been no speculation about that or anything. They yeah. haven't even talked about it. Usually by now, if you're firing your coach, it's been like, uh, quote unquote, as I put the air quotes in the air, mysteriously leaked. And we haven't heard anything like that yet. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, man. I think Pete Carroll is going to stay, which means, like Mike said, watch out for Russell Wilson on the move. Uh, if you hire Tell a guy you, like Doug Peterson, or Brian confirmed Moore. that he um he told the organization he informed them that he wants to explore his options this offseason. So hey, I'm telling you, bro, if Russell Wilson's not saying anything uh, behind that mic, but go Hawks, you know there's a problem. So Facts. I'm telling Facts. you, um, if if Russell Wilson um, moves the saints or the Broncos are his best two choices. I truly do believe that uh, the Broncos where that, roster. Where does that leave Aaron Rodgers if, if he goes? To well, the Broncos? Aaron Rodgers is the same way. I believe the Broncos or the 49ers are the most two attractive quarterback jobs out there. True. Tell me, tell me, uh, I don't think I can't think of anybody who's more attractive than the 49ers. They were just in the AFC championship, maybe the Tennessee Titans, but I don't think they're going to move off of Ryan Tannehill. Right. And I think about it. I mean, they could be looking at the Rams situation and thinking, man, we're just one piece away. I mean, as soon as the, I'm telling the you here that golf gets out of town, imagine they go to the Super Bowl and win this thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. And like the only thing Kyle Shanahan is going to be telling to John Lynch, his GM is, hey, yo, why did Sean McVay get his toy? And I did it like, <laughs> right. Like, exactly. like what? Like, I mean, it's flat out the spoiled child thing. So if. um. If I'm Russell Wilson, uh, like I said, I want that 49ers job, man. I don't give a damn. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan is that guy. I think Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, I think those guys are – bro, you know Fred Warner's 24. I mean, Nick Bosa's 23. Like, these are not guys who are on the back end of their careers. They are only going to get better and better. Right. Um, like, Debo Samuel is, is, is not at the end of his – Elijah Mitchell's young. Jeff Wilson was hurt, for God's sake. Like, this team has yeah. pieces, man. And if I'm if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm I'm turning the trade request in. Um, New Orleans is the same thing, man. Even though they were banged up last year, Michael Thomas, AK, Cam Jordan, this team is ready to win. Facts. Um, you're gonna have, you you'll have to draft um, 
or solve the issue at left tackle or safety because we haven't made up that decision yet. Do you know uh, where your Saints are leaning on the Toronto Armstead Marcus Williams debate? Um, I believe that they're leaning on um, resigning Toronto Armstead. That's the uh, I think that's the right move. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying too. Uh, let let Marcus Williams walk. Um, but definitely we're gonna have to address that safety position, man. Because we cannot be getting killed out there. That'll just make me pull my hair out next season. But um, is, yeah, is, is Mal- Malcolm Jenkins is his partner, right? That's two yeah, guys. Ooh. Exactly. But Malcolm Jenkins, man, he's uh, he's on the back end of his career. Right? Yeah, exactly. We we got to think about replacement there, too. Uh, Marcus Williams is actually an interesting name because as we do talk about how good Toronto Armstead is because he's generational, he's an all-pro talent, um, we cannot take away from who Marcus Williams is. He's certainly a name to watch out for on the free agent. He's probably in my top five free agent list, too. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, names like Devontae Adams and stuff are definitely going to fill up my one and two spots, but – uh. Marcus Williams is a flat-out baller. He's going to get $9 million a year, too. He's going to get an elusive contract. Uh, Fact, maybe and, somewhere. And the, the Panthers are trying to lure him away from us right now. But. I was about to say, I would not be surprised if we saw the Dirty Birds get in on him, too, because we know how much they love tearing apart division rivals. So Yeah, and they said but the I Bears are, motiv- are motivated to go after um, Teron Armstead as well. So, like well, I said, The Bears just have to be motivated to go anywhere on the offensive line because it's an absolute <laughs> poverty of a unit, but. I agree. I think Toronto Armstead, um, you got to give him whatever he asked for. The issue, though, um, the cap makes it a little bit difficult to give him whatever he asked for. But y'all will find a way to get that done. Um, I don't think Marcus Williams will sign into the division just because I don't think – I think he's still got love for the Saints. You know what I mean? I don't think right. he's ready to just go put on the Dirty Birds uniform like that. Um, real quick, I'm going to rotate us out off the NFL unless you got anything else. Uh, no, nah, that's all for me. All right, let's move on into the association here. Let's talk about the National Basketball Association. Um, I want to start with your Lakers. Um, had a little dog fight with the Hawks yesterday. Um, weren't able, weren't able to find a win. Uh, Malik Monk get up 33 points. Tell me what you saw from this game, Mikey. Um, disappointing to be the, be the least. We were, we were, um, I, I got to cut, catch the end of this game doing a little business calculus homework. Shout out to UNT. But anyways, <laughs> um, man, we going into the fourth, man, we were up 10 points. Um, I got to blame this one on coaching hundred percent. Um, the whole fourth quarter, Anthony Davis was on John Collins instead of Clint Capella and Clint Capella was taking, um, our four to the cleaners every <laughs> single uh, time. Malik Monk put in a shift, 33 points, 10 and five and Anthony Davis, 27, five and three. But just, I mean, we played a good game until the fourth quarter. I mean, what were we doing out there? I mean, um, Russell Westbrook started playing at 110 miles per hour again. Um, Breaking layups. It was just the fourth quarter. I don't know what happened. And then Anthony Davis gets on the mic after the game and say, um, no matter what <laughs> happens in the regular season, uh, we are a contender. Um, we get to the playoffs. We're a good team. Anthony Davis, if you if you keep that mindset, my guy, we're going to be out. In the, if we get in the we're going to be in a play a play in team. Um, first off, let's get that on the table. And then if we get in the playoffs, man, we're going to be in the first round. We're going to get knocked out by the Suns or someone like that, just like last year. So no, let's 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 play hard now and try to get in the rhythm, man. While we're in the regular season, you know, wait until Bron gets back. But how long not, do you think that is until Bron gets back? Um, it could be. You know how LeBron is, man. With these things, it, they have him listed as day to day right now. Um, so it could be next game. It could be a week and a half from now. It all depends on how LeBron feels. You know, he um. He has the final say in all those kind of decisions. So, yeah, um, right. I guess we'll see. But disappointing loss all the way around. We're three games under five hundred. Um, we need we got to be better. Uh, better coaching. Um, definitely to close out the game. Man. Honestly, I think the best news for your Lakers is the fact that the teams below the them are all dead. Like ten through fifteen is a bunch of dead teams. So I don't feel like <laughs> you really have to worry about sliding too much farther. I honestly feel like you just got to find some type of cohesion, man. Um, there's no there's no cohesion on this team Um, you can't give up 129 points either Uh, you know the Hawks aren't going to play defense that doesn't mean you can't play defense either Um, I hate Trey Young Uh, the fact that he had 36 makes me roll in my grave because oh but um, I don't really have much to say you you nailed most of the nails on your Lakers man Um, Russell Westbrook was playing too fast got to slow that down but we know that's not going to happen honestly as we get closer and closer to the postseason, um, in the postseason, I cannot see Russell Westbrook playing 35 minutes. Me neither. I don't know about you. And in, and Frank Vogel, unless you have the balls to sit him down, I'm telling you, we will be looking at a first-round exit. If I, that. I agree. I don't think Russell Westbrook can play this many minutes in the postseason. I think LeBron needs to be your point guard in the postseason. Um, I think right. the didn't lineup, he run point guard the year that we, we won in the bubble? Yeah, he's playing mostly the one. And I think there, they had Andrew Bradley at the two. And um, Marcus Gasol played a lot of the center minutes. Dwight Howard yeah. too. 
Right, like Javel right, right. McGee, remember they played big that year. It was all about yeah. defense on those Lakers. Those yeah, Lakers knew how to defend. Yep, these defense is... or these Lakers can't guard a parked car. No, they can't not, can't cover the broad side of the barn, man. It's just ridiculous. I man. mean, they took John. They took John Collins off the table in the fourth quarter, but they let Clint Capella heat up. I mean, yeah, right. And Clint Capella is not a scorer by any measure at all. But it, I mean, th- I think he has Stanley Johnson on him, so I mean, got to give him the benefit of the doubt, but. It's, it was just a disappointing fourth quarter all around, man, if we're being honest. Well, while we stay with disappointing fourth quarters, let's rotate all over to my Mavericks, who uh, did find a way to lose to the worst team in the National Basketball Association yesterday as they let the 10-win Mav- Magic extend their uh, 10 wins to 11. Um, uh, what's his name? I can't even think of his damn name because he's so freaking stupid. Boz Wagner uh, hit the game winner with like 57 seconds left to give the Magic the win. Um, Luca had another triple-double. Um, honestly, I have no complaints from Luca in this game. You were phenomenal, big man. Uh, 34 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds. Did you? And I mean, to, I y'all's, to y'all's defense, KP didn't play. Well, Mike, I mean, um, I hate to break it to you, but our G League associate could probably beat the Magic right now. This, this is um, – <laughs> Uh, in in a we are trying to close the gap on uh the jazz right now and when you play teams like the magic the best chance to close said gap is to beat teams like the magic and instead we let the nuggets close the gap on us as we slide back to the sixth seed with this loss and um unlike unlike mike we are we are very much in consideration for some of these playoff spots and we are trying to get a playoff series at american airlines and losing games to the magic is not how you do that so um, I honestly, I, I, I'm a little I, I act a little bit more upset than I actually am just because losing to the magic is embarrassing for the most part. Right. But um, the show goes on. I mean, like this is not the end of the season losing to the magic. And like Mike said, there was no KP, but it's still embarrassing losing to the magic. I believe our next game is the Thunder. So as we rotate from poverty franchise to poverty franchise, let's hope that we can uh, find a way to at least overcome Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mike, real quick, uh, next team I want to talk about, uh, 36-point win over um, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. The Denver Nuggets have now jumped back into the five seed behind 18-5-9 uh, and nine from Nikola Jokic. Uh, what do you think about the Nuggets, Mike, as the stock continues to, I guess, stay afloat? They're not even doing anything. They're just staying afloat. Uh, the thing about me, um, I think that their chemistry is getting up. I mean, Aaron Gordon has been – they've been trying to get him more involved, more yeah. and more involved. Um. Is there anything um is what's the name out for the year um what's his name Murray MPJ yeah no remember um uh what's his first name uh Aaron Kyler no um Jamal there it is golly yeah, I Jamal went Murray, right there, there it is there it is Jamal Murray remember he tore his ACL last season he's still recovering from the ACL still recovering injury. from that I remember that I, I I don't know about the timetable but yeah I mean once um hopefully if he gets back maybe late this year bro maybe? y'all know you know how I feel about these Nuggets Mike you know yeah. if these Nuggets were healthy. Because Michael Porter Jr. is also out for the season, too, which is just backbreaking, man. Nikola Jokic yeah. is absolutely phenomenal, bro. I think you said he was going to put his name down for um, most, most improved. improved I did, yeah. and instead he, he put himself record. down. For, yeah, he's going to take the Derrick Rose injury award um, for missing the season because he is uh, out for the year. And my issue, uh, it like you can't get mad at somebody for getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, I can't right. be mad at the Nuggets for being hurt. It's just, like, these are Nikola Jokic's best years, man, and this right. dude is absolutely phenomenal. He is absolutely phenomenal. It's just got to be so damn demoralizing for Nikola Jokic because, like, he knows what Jamal – like, I mean, bro, two seasons ago they came back from the 3-1 to one in the bubble. Like, they were uh, they were Anthony Davis and LeBron away from being in the finals. Like, they just got outplayed. And, right. like, there's nothing against that because AD was at his best. And Braun, even even Braun was playing phenomenal basketball. Like there was nothing against losing that series because right. the Lakers were who they were that season. And the next step for the Nuggets was up. You know what I'm saying? Like Jamal Murray was ready to elevate to the next level, become that alpha male, become Nikola Jokic after battling out Donovan Mitchell, those 50-point bombs in the first round. I know you remember that, Mikey. Yeah, those I games do. where it was I like 45 seen. points from Donovan Mitchell, but 46 points for, or for uh, Jamal Murray. Like that's who the Nuggets were. They were ready to take that next step, and instead they – Got banged up by the injury bug, man. They're on that same stuff your Saints are on. Just everybody's getting hurt all the time, and it's just demoralizing, man. I feel bad for Nikola Jokic because I cannot stress to y'all how good he is, man. He's so good, and he's just – I mean, they're going to – I mean, don't get me wrong. They're a playoff team. There's no way around that, but be honest. Do you see this team winning a series? Uh, not unless they get healthy. Not I unless they – I can't see Nikola Jokic just willing them to win a series. And the, the worst part is, is like at the five seed, 
you got to play Utah in the first round, man. And uh, that's not a good matchup with Rudy Gobert. He is not the Jokic stopper, but he gives Jokic some problems. So Thanks. I just um, – I don't know, man. I don't see the Nuggets getting into the top four, which means they have to answer the call against one of these heavy hitters in the, the top four. Because, you know, the, I mean, the Suns, are, uh, the Suns are who they are. The Warriors are who they are. Klay Thompson's getting healthier and healthier. Uh, John Moran is ready to put his name on my MVP board. Like, there is not going to be a free re- round in this series. No, not at all. Definitely. And that's what scares me for my Lakers. Anthony Davis with his nonchalant attitude. I'm like, man, when it comes down right now, the highest y'all can. So if the playoffs started today, y'all would uh, win your two playing games and y'all be the eight seed to run it back with the Suns. How do you feel about that in round one? Terrible. I feel like it's the same result as last year. I, I would not be I would not be hunting a matchup with the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs. You do not want to go to Phoenix. People don't understand Phoenix is a tough place to play. They they absolutely I, I encourage you to go watch the '93 finals and listen to that building. Go watch and the last Lakers. Year's know, the Lakers know from last year. They yeah, know from right. last year. That building, yeah, bro. Remember that building rocking on you guys last year? Exactly. I, I watched yeah. every game of the series. I watched every game of the series in in, in complete disappointment. Games one and two, I remember that building just absolutely rocked. It had been a long time since I'd seen Phoenix playoff basketball too. It was refreshing, man. So I do not think you want to go to Phoenix in round one. But the issue, Mike. You don't want to go to Golden State in round one either. And no. if you're a playing team, those are your only two options. It's the one or the two seed. And yeah. honestly, like, I need you. The Clippers are supposed to be dying, Mike. Like, the Clippers are 500. They are scrapping to stay at 500, too. And your Lakers are just. Well, it's because the Hornets are, 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 excuse my language, are a dumpster fight. They let, they let them. <laughs> I saw that. Um. On the bottom of the screen yesterday, 115 to 90. What what is going on in Charlotte? Just flash across the screen real quick. Hey, I'm telling you, man, we stressed this um, on Friday when me and Garrett sat down. We talked about Miles Turner to the Hornets and how the Hornets needed that rim protection. Um, The the Hornets also need some damn consistency, man, because uh, they are up and down and up and down. Um, They let – I I don't want to say terrible because they play good basketball at least. But there's no star on this team. This is a whole bunch of rotation players. In no LA. reason Marcus Moore Sr. should be getting 16 points. It's, it, it, <laughs> he shouldn't have nothing more than 10 points every game. He's that kind of guy. He's like, not a 15-plus uh, guy every night. Reggie Jackson is that. not an alpha male. Like I, I mean, like, this is – like, if you lose to the Clippers, it's just kind of head-scratching. I really believe that. And they just play hard. They play good defense, too. And you know how I feel about Ty Lue. Ty Lue can absolutely coach. So, I mean, Thanks. like – it's just – it's disappointing from teams like the Hornets, and it kills your Lakers when, um, like, the Clippers go on the road against Indiana today, and they should lose, right? But right. are they going to? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Who knows? Um, the good news is is um, your Lakers do have a couple of days off. Well, I say couple as in Monday, Tuesday, and then they play again on Wednesday as they return in action against the um, – what should be dead Portland Trailblazers. So hopefully I'll find a way to respond there. Um, we did all do a lot of talking out West uh, real quick, peeping in the Eastern conference. Um, n- nothing that really excites me. Um, Joel Embiid is still that guy. Um, yep. 36 points on Saturday night. Shout out. Yeah. He did his thing again. Um, the Nets uh, did get into a game with the Warriors on Saturday. I actually did sit down and watch this one um, after I got off my restaurant shift and um Boy, let me tell you, Kyrie came real close. That's all I'm going to say about this one. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say because the Nets ended up losing, but Kyrie came real close because uh, he gave the Warriors some PTSD to the finals as he was hitting fadeaway threes <laughs> from the right key on uh, in Golden State. So uh, it was good to see Kyrie back into that. But you know what I really do have to stress from this game? Well, um, Steph and Clay were good in the fourth quarter, Mike. Right. Uh, when when it became closing time, uh, you know how I feel about Kyrie, and you know how I feel about Kyrie in closing time. I mean, that's Kyrie time, man. Yep. He, they were able they were able to outduel Kyrie, and I like that. And so, um, the good news for my Nets, though, uh, if you could just convince Kyrie to get this damn shot, man, he is that guy. He has not lost that touch. The man is still a wizard. It was good to see that over the weekend because, like I said, I was watching him hit that clutch three, Mike, and uh, tell me it ain't give you PTSD. I'm telling you, man, 2016. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was PTSD to the max, bro. It was literally the exact same shot. It was crazy. Um, Real quick, uh, there's one one piece of news that I got from the NBA. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, your local wizard boy, Um, he is uh, adding his name to the trading block this fine Monday as the Wizards <laughs> decide that he is not that guy. Um, Real quick, I'll spin us around some trade news. and We can stop, stop, stop and talk about a few because they do have some impact. Um, uh, Jeremy Grant out there in Detroit. Um, 
he's still being shopped like crazy by the Pistons. The Lakers. issue is Jeremy Grant wants to be um, uh, the alpha male on a team. He wants to be the number one guy, and um, he's not going to get that, unfortunately. He's not going to get that. He's probably going to end up on our roster, for being honest. I think that is probably the best place for him because you need the defensive assistance. Um, he yep. brings the scoring, the shooting, the uh, facilitate. I think Jeremy Grant's a good player. I think um, the Lakers are a good, good spot for him. Uh, what are you going to offer, though? That's the tough one. Like, uh, THT has to go a um, couple of your bench guys, some picks. I don't know how excited Detroit gets about that. But <laughs> I, I think I think if no one else is interested, though, that Detroit would just kick him your way just to get him off the roster. Um, CJ McCollum, I don't know how active Portland's going to be with that name. I've seen a, a couple people on Twitter kind of hint at the idea of blowing it up. Uh, Portland hasn't said anything. I haven't heard anything yet. I'm still kind of waiting to hear, like, what the idea is. Miles Turner, same thing. Uh, we talked about the foot injury on Friday. Uh, it's going to make it really hard for him to get dealt. I don't know if we see him being moved because somebody will have to um, pay full price for a damaged good, and I don't know if somebody will do that. Um, a couple other get names on the, that Indiana roster we hinted about on Friday, Sabonis, Karis LeVert, those guys, Malcolm Brogdon, looked for them to be getting shopped. Um, I, don't, I don't really have another big one that comes to my mind straight away. Um, I could see I could see Atlanta making a couple more moves, including John Collins, but I don't think it'll happen because nobody wants that terrible contract they just signed him to. Yeah. Um, like I, I I don't know what they Atlanta knew that was a bad contract, Mike. Uh, you knew that was a bad contract. I knew that was a bad contract. They knew that was a bad contract, and they chose to sign him anyway. So I don't really got a lot of remorse for them. Uh, but no, I don't. You got any other names that I missed right there? Thinking about trade uh, cycle, the Kings buddy. boys. I forgot about the Kings guys. Everybody from the Kings is available to get shot. I was about to say Buddy Hill. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, Rasheem Holmes. All of those guys are 110% on the trade block. They got into a little bit of a dogfight um, with the Sixers and they got outdoed by Joel Embiid. But um, any of these guys you see on this roster, Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes, only ones that can't go are probably Davion Mitchell because they just drafted him in Hale Burton because they drafted him two seasons ago. But everybody else is free picking on the Kings. Come and get them. Fire sale. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I agree. Uh, I can see Buddy Heald going. I like him on your Lakers, too. He wouldn't be a bad exactly. pickup. We'll take it, man. We will take it. We will take it. I saw oh. – um, shot, hey, I just want to uh, – our um, well, man, what's that guy's name? The Lakers' um, former um, GM, he uh, he said we should trade Russell Westbrook to the um, to the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks are interested in that in that trade. Yeah, so, I, I, I don't know if anybody's no, interested in a Russell Westbrook trade because um, we the film don't lie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and isn't his contract kind of – Oh yeah, I mean he's only making like forty million dollars a year. That's that's not too bad. Damn. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, Mike, I'm gonna get us on into winners, losers, some final take here. So uh, let's start with uh, winners and losers, Mike. I'm gonna give it to you. Give me a winner and a loser from the weekend. A uh, winner definitely gonna go with the Cincinnati Bengals, man. Yes, sir. Uh, a complete. I, I, we could say we could argue a 360 turnaround from last season. Um, uh, complete, bro. Complete. I mean, uh, poverty just, franchise, bro. Yeah, poverty franchise to a uh, Super Bowl contender, man. Uh, shout out to y'all. Really, m not much more to say. Um, loser, I'm gonna go Jimmy G. Keep them both in the NFL. <sighs> what a disappointing way to end your season, man. Um, like you said, probably his last game in the red and gold. And um, shout out to 49ers fans. Uh, some excitement in the offseason. Maybe I'll get a new quarterback. I 110% agree with both those. Um, winner and loser for me. Loser, uh, oh, I really wanted to go Jimmy G. Somebody snatched that one out of my mouth. I'm going to go with the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. Um, they did find a way to lose, like I said, to the worst team in the association over the weekend. And uh, that is very embarrassing because the Magic are a dumpster fire, Mike. They really are. Like, they were, yeah. they're on pace for, like, 14, 15 wins on the year. Like, this team is terrible. Yeah, and we're, so, we're nearing the all-star break, and they have 11 wins. That's kind of um... – that's yeah, that's a little bit of alarming, bro. Yeah, that's depressing. I'm not going to lie. Bro, do you remember when the Sixers won, like, 10 games a couple years ago? Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, I don't know why. What made me think about that? But you remember how <laughs> terrible they were, bro? They were, like, 10 and, like, 73. Like, they were just absolutely awful. That's just depressing. That's that's just depressing, if we're being honest. I just couldn't bro, imagine. I, like, I don't know how you – 10 games? Imagine I'm, one of our one of our organizations, like our Lakers or Mavs, 
Bro, like, I, I, I would cry, man. Like, don't get yeah, me wrong. Honestly. When when Dirk retired, we had some some dark days with with, Denny, with uh Dorian Finney's or uh what was his name, Dennis Smith Jr. We had some dark days, but right. it was never ten wins dark. Like that is never scary, that, man. Yeah, that's that just, is that is G know. League affiliate bad. That's like, re- like relocation uh ground. <laughs> uh, hey, I you promise know, you, bro, you get fired on my GM every season if you do that, bro. There is that is <laughs> unrecoverable. Even two K wouldn't forgive that type of behavior, bro. That is just absolutely fired terrible. on my GM. Yeah, bro. I'm telling you, bro. You get absolutely canned. You're getting called in the owner's office, and you're getting that little text bubble come up on your phone because you can, bro. But anyway, um, <laughs> sidetracked right there by the poverty that is the Philadelphia 76ers. But anyway, uh, my winner of the weekend, um, I'm gonna go. One stupid. I don't want to say it because I hate him and it's stupid. But I'm gonna go Matthew Stafford. Um, from poverty to uh, top of the mountain. <laughs> Putting on for Highland Park, man. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to HP. Uh, biggest turnaround in a year. I think you could go from. He was looking at another. Uh, I mean, we saw what the Detroit Lions were. He was gonna be part of that team, and said he's in the Super Bowl. So, uh, I bet you Jared Goff is crying and throwing up. Bro, this right is now. a morale. I was just about to, bro. This is a more a sh- true morality killer for Jared Goff. If Jared I'm Goff. Jared Goff, I'm retiring tomorrow because <laughs> everything Sean McVay said was true, man. <laughs> everything <laughs> Sean McVay said was true. They were just a quarterback away. And, like, um, Matthew Stafford hasn't even been phenomenal by this postseason by any measure. He's just been good enough not to lose the games. Yeah, he's just been competent what, enough just not to lose the game. And he's made and, some – I will say yeah, it. Yeah, he won the Tampa Bay game. Some, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, he's made some good, some some great throws. I was like, damn, that was a good ball watching and watching a few of his games. So hey, gotta give some shout out. We know for a fact if Matthew St- or if Jared Goff was playing in that Rams uh, Bucks game, they definitely lose that. There's no way in hell Jared Goff moves him down the field to win the game. So I mean, yeah, like, he doesn't have that definitely DNA. Uh, definitely not a fourth quarter guy. We saw that yeah. many times in his career. So and that is proven. So I I really do agree with Mike. This is just damn straight demoralizing. If I'm Jared Goff, but I mean, if you live in Detroit, there's not really much that doesn't demoralize you. So I mean, I, I guess <laughs> at this point he's gotten pretty used to it. Um. Uh, I saw this thing on Instagram, Mike, and it was like uh, with Eminem and Matthew Stafford both going to the Super Bowl. This is the closest Detroit will ever come. And I was like, honestly, that is 110 percent correct because there's no way. Maybe the sun is shining on Detroit. Maybe, maybe. Bro, <laughs> the craziest thing about Detroit is even like when the when the Pistons were the bad boys or even 0304 when the Pistons were good again. Yeah. This city was just terrible the whole time, man. The whole Bro, time. I know, I know how you feel about the, that Pistons organization. Bro, like, let's talk about the fact that in the midst of them winning a title, they proceed to malice at the palace and then blame the players. Bro, like, let's not forget about the fact that Detroit Piston fans are are are, are famous for the malice. Not even famous, bro. People don't even talk about that enough. Like, they they completely trash. They turn an NBA game into a street side Detroit fight, bro. <laughs> like, like I have no respect for this fans, this organization, bro. The palace at Auburn Hills was literally like, like it was like the largest scaled housing project in the history of America. <laughs> I really do believe that. Like it was a 40,000 seat arena for, and it was a housing project because that thing was an absolute dump. I got no respect for the Detroit <laughs> Pistons. Uh, I did like watching the bad boys. I can't cap. I do. I did enjoy the physical basketball, but that was only because you can't really, I mean, they, I mean, they turned, they turned the basketball team into a housing project too. Shoot. I mean, Anywhere you looked in Detroit, they were just beating the hell out of somebody. Doesn't matter if it was on the court or in the stands, man. That city yeah. is just scrappy as hell. But uh, unfortunately, Sh- the basketball. Hey, shout out Ben Wallace, Chauncey Bill. Hell yeah, bro. Bill Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas, all these bad yeah. boys that go. They have two generations of bad boys, so it's pretty cool to see. Unfortunately, uh, the basketball team has all the dog in them, and the football team has no bark. So uh, it is uh, very unfortunate to live in the city of Detroit. I mean, the Red Wings are pretty good. The hockey team's nice. Uh, the Tigers yeah. suck, though. The, ba- the baseball <laughs> team's terrible. So, I mean, but anyway, uh, before we just completely side trail this episode on just trashing the city of Detroit, I'm going to throw it over. I mean, to every time it's a, it's a Calvin and Mike episode, we have to kind of we have to kind of. I know, bro. We, we like get a little sidetracked at the end of the episode here with a little bit of fun conversation, right? Yeah, dog and somebody. Last, last week, last it was Eli Apple. Hell back. yeah. Hey, it could have been Eli Apple this week, too. He just saved himself at the goal line, bro. That first half was absolutely terrible, Eli Apple. Yeah, he was I terrible. Was he got beat. Um, yeah. And the second thing, man, I saw he was posting um, talking trash about uh, Tyreek Hill and um, Nicole Hartman. Man, what is what is wrong with Eli Apple? Like, who does he think he is, man? Like, hey, um, I, I want um, the Cincinnati Bengals um, to put Eli Apple on man coverage, Cooper Cup, every play of the Super Bowl, man. Every play of the Super Bowl, just leave him out on an island, give him Cooper Cup all by himself. He clearly thinks he is that guy, so let's let him pretend he's that guy. 
and I say every play of the Super Bowl. Um, if I'm the Lion or if, if I'm the Rams, I put four guys on the other side of the field and put Cooper Cup by himself with just Eli Apple. <laughs> just let him do his thing every single play. You'll win the game by sixty or seventy points because Eli Apple <laughs> won't be able to get a single stop. And um, but no, I agree with you. Off the line. I mean, I just, the guy, I just don't. The guy is not competent at the cornerback position. I know this for sure. Bro, and you, you remember the first touchdown Tyree Kill caught where he literally just ran to the back of the end zone and then just ran straight across? Yep. Like, he did no route. He just ran away from Eli Apple. Like, I was, I just blew my mind. I was like, bro, he's not. he didn't even do a move, bro. He just <laughs> he just ran in a straight line across the yeah, field. Yeah, I saw that, and I see Eli Apple trying to get over there at the last second. It gave like, me I, when he was on the Saints because that was the same <laughs> position he was in most of the time on, on every single um, time he was. PTSD, he was the man – I'm telling you, bro, it's pretty impressive when you have a knack for getting exposed, bro. Like, he just finds a way to get exposed. Like, it's pretty impressive. And honestly, I'm surprised he didn't get exposed to the goal line in the second half. I, I thought Tyreek Hill was going to rock him out of his body. His soul was going to watch Tyreek Hill step into the end zone. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Eli Apple for making a play. But uh, with all that being said, all that bashing on the Eli Apple and stuff, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping us up here, Mike, as we move into the middle of the week. Uh, we've got plenty more coming for you guys. Hopefully, cast back with us on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Real quick, if you do me a favor, please check out the uh, UT uh, Texas Tech basketball game. Uh, Kath would kill me if I didn't say that. So y'all, please do us a solid. <laughs> Tune into that game tonight. Uh, those UT or those Raider fans are going to be menaces to those UT guys. So y'all, actually, uh, tune into that one. It'll be a good one. Hey, imagine um, if, if the if Texas Tech loses, man. Oh Kath, man, Kath's going to be crushed, man. And let me tell you, I hate UT, but man, do I love dogging on you, gentlemen. So I will come on the show <laughs> on Wednesday wearing my orange and just bleeding that UT love. I will be UT this, UT that. And you best believe I'm gonna watch this game, man. I'm gonna watch this oh, game. Uh, it, the, the, the hype around it is definitely there. Um, fact, the, I'm gonna head to the library, I'm probably gonna pull it up on a computer and have it have it in the back. Yeah, heck yeah, bro. I'm gonna get this one going because I got a couple classes right here, but that won't stop me from watching this game. Because, like I said, I think it's gonna be a good one. So, y'all do me a favor and tune into that one. Uh, go over, head over, check us out on Twitter, all that good stuff. We are rolling fast. Um, we are getting dangerously close to what 50 episodes now. So, we really appreciate sir. you guys staying on the road with us. Um, yes, sir. as we get uh closer to the weekend, uh, we will um just keep handing out the Super Bowl. The good news with the Super Bowl being two weeks away is there's so much time to cover it that we will have this game broken down to literally a T by the time we get there. Like, and I feel like we're going to be more accurate on our picks once we make them this time around. Yeah, because like I said, there's just so much time to dive into this game that you just get right. so much time to hit the footage and the film and you get to know your individual matchups. And each guy becomes more highlighted because it's two weeks. And the good news is, is it's not like you have to sit down and watch the Pro Bowl because who gives a damn? And so, like, you just got plenty of time to focus on the Super Bowl. And it'll be a lot of good episodes, man. So y'all stay tuned with us. And the other thing about this time of year, man, we're getting closer to March Madness, closer to NBA playoffs. The more playoffs means more good content. So y'all stay with us as the NBA gets tighter. The NBA, uh, I mean, uh, Mike, Kat, these are football guys. I'm telling you, basketball is my sport, man. When these basketball playoffs come around, man, you will not be able to even understand how excited I get for the NBA playoffs, man. There's I just hope I love that my Lakers can be in on the festivities this year. Man. I need some LeBron, man. I need some LeBron. The playoffs will not be the same without LeBron James. So hopefully LeBron can get in there. I want to see a first-round matchup where the King gets a chance to be great, give him seven games, and I like the odds, man, even though – and see, the thing is, is like – like, if you have to be the one of the two matchup, you should have no shot in hell. But, I mean, you've got LeBron James, so I'm going to give you a shot. And that's the thing I yes, love about sir. the NBA playoffs, man. So, I'm excited. I know Mike's excited. Uh, we got the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Just so much going on in the world of sports. Y'all stay with us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and step on to the door. We'll be back on Wednesday right over here at Inside the Lunch Table.